Welcome to the Opera Cheat Sheet. I'm Sinjin Flynn of Houston Public Media. And I'm Eric Skelly of Rocco, the River Oaks Chamber Orchestra. And this time we're talking about Dmitry Shostakovich's Lady Macbeth of Mitsensk, which debuted in Leningrad in 1934, Eric. Yes, and uh, it's, uh, it's a work that's very much compared oftentimes to verismo and to realism. Uh, because it is not something that you would necessarily pair with a Zygmunt de Romberg operetta. <laughs> <laughs> it's based on the novel uh, Lady Macbeth by Nikolai Leskov. Right. And it's set in 19th century Russia at a time when we still had this division between the classes. And Katerina, who is the Lady Macbeth of the title, Katerina Ismailova is married to Zinovi Ismailov, and they are merchants, aren't they? Yeah, he's a flower merchant, actually. That's F-L-O-U-R. Yes, yes, exactly. And she's very unhappy. <laughs> she's unhappy, and she's bored in her marriage. Bored to tears. Bored in her marriage, apparently. Uh, Zinovi is, how should we put it, not attentive. <laughs> <laughs> He has a low libido. He does indeed, bless his heart. Libidinally challenged. Indeed he is. Katerina's father-in-law, Boris, is sort of at odds with her because, A, she hasn't produced an heir, and B, his favorite dish is mushrooms, and she doesn't like to prepare them for him. Yeah. (laughs) And he blames her. For, for not, not having, having an grandchildren, You're not giving him grandchildren, and while she basically says, "It's not my fault. <laughs> it's Zinovi. It's your, it's your son." And then Boris warns her not to go looking for other lovers, not to cast her eyes upon other men, because he will be watching out to make sure that she doesn't do that. Yes, indeed. And then Zinovi gets called away. A, a dam on his property somewhere away has broken and he is going to leave to make sure that the repairs are done etc and so he is going to leave and uh, this of course causes the potential problem of him being away Katerina's eyes roving and to make matters worse there's a new clerk at the Zinovi's business a new clerk who is well, let's say he has a reputation as a womanizer. That's right. His name is Sergei. And before Zinovi leaves, Boris makes Katerina kneel down in front of an icon and swear that she will be faithful. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> but then, as you say, they're introduced to this new worker, Sergei, who comes with a reputation as being a ladies' man. Right. So as the second seat opens, we find Sergei and his cronies uh, basically harassing Aksinya, the, the, the servant. And Katerina sees what's going on, and she intervenes, and she berates him for, A, being a macho being a idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But also she says that women are brave and they are as capable as men. And Sergei takes that. He takes exception to that. <laughs> and he starts to wrestle with her. Yeah. And she's not entirely uh, not enjoying that, <laughs> actually. When she falls to the ground, yeah. 
and he falls on, he falls on top of her. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, what do we do now? Yeah, that's well, not awkward at all. <laughs> and then Boris shows up. Yeah, of course he does. And catches her in this compromising situation. And she says, oh, well, I tripped. And Sergei was trying to help me up, and he tripped. Yeah. Boris is not buying it. <laughs> He's not buying it at all. Even though the peasants, the other peasants back her up, they corroborate her story. As you said, Boris is suspicious and orders the peasants to go back to work and, and says to Katerina, now you get up. Mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't, I'm going to tell Zenobi when he comes home. Yeah. Scene three, Katerina is preparing to go to bed. She's in her bedroom and there's a knock at the door. Wonder and guess it who is. it is? I can't imagine. <laughs> well, we've got two choices, basically. It's either Boris or Sergei. Yeah. In this I'm case. I'm going to go with Sergei. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he is there because he wants to borrow a book. Of course he does. <laughs> because he can't, I can't. <laughs> I can't sleep. So I need something. I need a book to read. But she says, well, I'm really sorry to tell you this, but uh, I don't have any because I can't read. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he's not heard that one before. <laughs> Even though the Kama Sutra is just pictures. Right. <laughs> As she is about to close her door, he continues to force his way in and tries to seduce her. Yeah, he, he basically is you know, just sort of reminding her of their little wrestling match earlier in the day and says, let's, let's take up where we left off. Why that love we? tug. Yeah. And she's not entirely resistant to the idea. So she tries to, you know, she makes a move toward forcing him off, but she doesn't make that much of an effort. And one thing leads to another, and they're in bed together making love. Absolutely. <laughs> and then there's another knock at the door. Well, this time it's got to be Boris. It is Boris. Right. <laughs> and he confirms that Katerina is, is in, in the room. Not knowing that there's someone in there with her. So he locks her in. Yeah. And Sergei with her. <laughs> All right. And so what do they do? They just keep on going. Like <laughs> two little energizer buddies. End of act one. Right. Act two, it's a week later, and Boris is in the yard and is concerned about thieves on the prowl around the property. And he is, as he's walking around, he's thinking back to his, uh, to his youth and to uh, the, the times when he was quite a lad. Apparently. And also, that, of course, makes him think about his son, Zenovi. With his and low libido. His low libido. <laughs> low libido Zenovi. And so what's his solution to Zenovi's low libido? He says, you know what? I should do Katerina. Yeah. <laughs> My son's got a problem with his libido. I should step in and take care of business for him. Keep it in the family that way. <laughs> As he's thinking all this, he sees Sergei climbing out of Katerina's window down the drainpipe. Because they're still locked in. Right. Because, of course, Boris keeps Katerina locked up at night because Zenovi is still away. Yeah. So he sees Sergei coming down the drainpipe and he catches him ties him to a pole, and starts whipping him. Nice guy. <laughs> so Katerina, meanwhile, is looking out the window and sees this going on. She can't do very much, though, because she's locked she's in locked her in. room. So she climbs out through the window and climbs down the drain pipe. 
and is promptly restrained by servants because Boris has foreseen this and, and ordered them to stop her if should she do that. Boris then gets tired from all the exertion of beating Sergei yeah. and asks for uh, some dinner, uh, saying that he will uh, he'll get back to Sergei and whip him again uh, the next day. He also then sends somebody to call Zenobi back, back because yeah. there are uh, there's, there's trouble at mill. There's going to be more trouble <laughs> because Katerina, when preparing his mushrooms, adds a little extra ingredient he wasn't banking on. It's called rat poison. Yeah. <laughs> and this whole rat poison thing goes back to the opening scene of the opera where Boris and Katerina are arguing and Boris says to her, you need to go and, and put that rat poison out that I told you. And she says, there's nothing I'd like better than to feed it to you. Oh, boy. And so here we are, and she does feed it to him. And so he does realize what is happening. So and when the priest comes, he tries to tell him, through the spasms, he can't speak. So he just points at Katarina. <laughs> and she stands there crying these crocodile tears. Yeah. And the priest of course, doesn't understand what Boris is trying to say. But Katerina now has the keys to the storeroom where Sergei is being held captive. The priest pronounces the last rites over Boris. He dead. Pretty much. <laughs> we go into scene five here in Act Two, and uh, Katerina and Sergei are together. And Sergei says that the affair will have to end because Zinovi is on his way back. Despite that, he really wishes that he and Katerina could get married and live together. And Katerina tells him, well, we'll, we'll do that. <laughs> Just doesn't sort of, you know, tell him how they're going to pull that off. Sergei falls asleep. They're in bed. He falls asleep. And Katerina then is tormented by this, this it's like a dream, like um, she sees Boris's ghost. Mm. Which, of course... Is another tie into uh, Shakespeare's the to Macbeth. Lady Macbeth, you know, seeing ghosts and being haunted by guilt from within and having it manifest as a ghost. And then she hears Zenovi returning because he's been called back, also now to find out that his father's dead. Right. And so Sergei hides, but Zenovi manages to see his trousers and belt lying there. <laughs> Uh, and he guesses what's stupid. up. Mm -hmm. Low libido does not mean stupid. <laughs> and he and Katerina quarrel, and he takes the belt to her. Mm. As she's being beaten, she cries out, and Sergei bursts in and confronts Zinovi, who tries to escape and call for the servants. Katerina stops him, and then what happens? The two of them strangle Zinovi. <gasps> And they finish him off with a conk upside the head, and that's pretty much the end of Zenovi. And the lovers then hide the corpse in the wine cellar. This is this is Macbeth, Lady Macbeth, killing the King of Scotland. Yeah. Zygmunt Romberg's sounding really good right now, doesn't it? <laughs> that's the end of Act Two. Yes. Act Three, Zenovi, of course, now has disappeared and people don't know where they are but they assume that he's dead yeah so katerina and sergey are preparing to get married 
but she's a little concerned because they still have a corpse in the cellar. <laughs> Sergei reassures her, don't worry about it, and they leave for the wedding ceremony. But mm-hmm. they leave, and there's a drunken peasant who breaks into the cellar, presumably looking for some more wine. And he finds a little more than wine <laughs> and fetches the police. The next scene is actually at the police station. And the police, are they're sort of mad because they haven't been invited to the wedding. Well, <laughs> the very same peasant that broke into the cellar manages to uh, show up at the police station. And uh, suddenly the police have a reason to go to the wedding. <laughs> There's a corpse in the cellar. <laughs> so they show up at the wedding in the Ismailov garden. Yeah. Everybody is drunk because they're celebrating the wedding. Katerina sees that the cellar door is open. It's too late. The police arrive and she and Sergei try to escape. End of Act 3. End of Act 3. Act 4, we are in a temporary convict camp on the way to Siberia. Not good. Not good. Not good for our heroine, quote unquote. (laughs) Katerina and Sergei have been arrested. They have been found guilty of the murder of uh, Zinovi. Katerina has been separated from Sergei. And has bribed a guard to let her see him. And when she does get together with him, he basically lays all of the blame on her for everything that's happened up to that point. It's all her fault. And he, true to form, Hmm. has tried to seduce one of the other convicts, a woman named Sonietka. Sonietka. And Sonietka is playing hard to get. And she says, well, you know what? If you want me, you've got to give me a pair of stockings. Hmm. So Sergei, brilliant mind that he has, <laughs> he says, I know where I can get a pair of stockings. Yeah. And he tricks Katerina into giving him her stockings. And then he turns around and gives them to Sonietka. And, of course, Sonietka wastes no time in lording that over Katarina, that she now has her stockings and her man. And uh, the two get tussle. into a fight. They tussle. They do. It's a cat fight. Yeah, it is a cat fight. Lady wrestling. <laughs> exactly. Only uh, they're right next to uh, a frozen ice-cold river. And Katerina pushes Sonietka into the river and then loses her balance and falls in after her. And they are both swept away in the icy waters as the convict train moves on. End of opera. Well. (laughs) (laughs) It's very much much a a story straight out of realism, isn't it? It is straight out of that book. It makes you think of uh, Pagliacci. Pagliacci, um, Il Tabarro, Puccini, uh, even Tosca, perhaps, to, to some extent. It's, uh, to a large extent, it's pretty lurid. I mean, there is a grittiness here, isn't there? Very much so. It's, you know, it's what realism is. It's about you know, turning away from stories about kings and queens and aristocrats and gods and goddesses and whatnot. And that romanticism. A complete antith- antithesis to romanticism, looking at, quote-unquote, the common man in as lurid a context as possible. Because 
this is 19th century Russia, but we are not dealing with the aristocratic classes. We're dealing with the serfs and the, the bourgeoisie. The bourgeoisie, yeah. Musically, this, in fact, was a success when it debuted in 1934, but then it was banned by the Soviet authorities. The censors got a hold of it, and it was, had, a, had a tough fight pretty much from there on. It only resurfaced, really, in the 1960s. Right. And it was one of those works of Shostakovich that caused him so much problem with the Soviet authorities. Right. And now, you know, the big houses pretty much do it regularly. It's, it's, it's standard rep for, for the big houses. It's a little bit more of a tougher sell for small regional houses, in, at least in the United States at any rate. But at the big houses, you, you, can, you can pretty much be assured that you'll catch it. And how is it musically? It's, uh, it's spiky, as you would expect it to be. From Shostakovich, you'd expect it Yeah, it's Shostakovich, it and look at the it's subject the 1930s, matter. It's the 1930s, right? Look at the subject matter. You're not going to get, you know, <laughs> Montavani strings here. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very dramatic, and it's very appropriate to the subject matter. Dmitry Shostakovich's Lady Macbeth of Metsensk. That's this week's Opera Cheat Sheet. I'm Sinjin Flynn. And I'm Eric Skelly. Thank you for listening.